Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the 20th Century Girls podcast. Hi, welcome back, you guys. Luckily, we finally are back again. I know everything's been delayed. It's you know, life, life gets so busy, but we are here, and we are ready to talk about 1930s music and dance, because if several episodes ago, we had the 1930s <laughs> fashion. But we had all of those special birthday episodes. Yeah, but we had to get those birthday episodes out of there and celebrate some of our favorite people like Fred Astaire, Audrey Hepburn, and mm-hmm. the Funny Face episode. Just happened, there happened to be a movie with both of them. So. Just happened. Just one. Happened, <laughs> just one. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> it so, happened to work out that way. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, please go ahead and listen because they are wonderful and exciting and you learn wonderful facts. All right, so here we go, 1930s music and dance. So the 1930s was mostly shaped up between the Great Depression and old Hollywood talkies and musicals. Uh, Home radios became much more common, so music really affected and influenced a lot of the masses, especially in America here. In 1935, the radio program Your Hit Parade began and would air the most popular songs of the week. So that's kind of like Billboard nowadays, Billboard 100 and iHeartRadio, Top Hits. hits. Exactly. So it started in 1935. How exciting. Weird. And then this was also the time since movies and musicals were being filmed, a lot of Broadway creators and actors started to make their move to Hollywood to give that a try. Yay. And of course, musical films were iconic in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So that is what really mostly influenced pop culture at the time. All right, so we are going to start with music. One of the biggest music genres at the time was swing music so it was actually known as the swing era so this was a mix of jazz and big band music kind of like what we mentioned in the 1920s just evolved a little more this time yeah it just moved a little bit and had different influences exactly so benny goodman is said to be the person who first introduced swing to the masses in 1935 So swing has a stronger driving force than jazz music. It is more focused on the rhythm sections with room for improv that the musicians, you know, can play around with. And that kind of brings me up again to uh, La La Land when Ryan Gosling is so excited. Like, the trumpet player is doing this and the drummer has no idea what he's doing. So then they're just playing along, playing different sections and making beautiful music. I just had to put that out there because that's what I think about. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so some popular songs back then was, I'm pretty sure Megan might remember this from back in the day, (laughs) throwback to her tap class, Sing, Sing, Sing. They play that at Disneyland a lot. And I'm like, oh my God, throwback. And also begin the beguine, beguine. I know that's a famous song. I have no idea how to pronounce it. (laughs) Um, And some popular musicians. Duke Ellington, of course, Artie Shaw, Ella Fitzgerald, and Glenn Miller. Yes. Of course. Of yeah. course. Same, 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 though. I thought that'd be more 40s, but I guess it began in I the 30s. I thought so, too. Honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because I found that in my research as well, and I remember like seeing it, and I was like, wait, what? 30s. <laughs> it came around earlier. And while we were dancing to 1930s music. Did not know that. So that mm-hmm. was fun. <laughs> Very fun. Iconic. Oh, you, yeah. guys, you guys will know this. Even if you don't know the name, 
I'm sure you know the song because it's played so many places. It, it's very popular, very iconic. I was going to say, I've never heard it at Disneyland, but... <gasps> oh, not, I... not Disneyland, uh, DCA. Oh, DCA. I mean, yeah. In Hollywoodland, Buena Vista Street, they play it. And it the wouldn't surprise me if I've heard it, but just never realized. It. I think like, the um the the band with the girl. I think they kind of do a little mashup of it too on occasion. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure. Even yeah, even if you have it, I need to go back and listen to it now. Yeah, you'll be like, wanna... oh, it's this song. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I can it's remember it like very faintly in the back of my mind, like anything like that, but. Now I need to go back and listen to it. And the next time I'm at DCA, whenever that is, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to listen to it. And um, like, yep. My goodness. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I always get excited. <laughs> so our next genre is the crooners, which is what those musicians were called. Um, this is more sentimental pop and jazz music. Um, they said it's more of the best music for radio and introduced the very first music, heartthrobs and pop stars, our early One Direction and Justin Bieber days. <laughs> <laughs> Takes me back. <laughs> yes. Hence, Mr. Rudy Valley, one of the very first heartthrobs, appeared on his own, in his own films and radio show. And the ladies went crazy. Hmm. But it's still kind of like... They didn't, like, flock the stages. They still sat appropriately in their pretty dresses and good applause. It's not like concerts nowadays where we're, like, ah, screaming and whatnot. It wasn't, like, later on when you introduced, like, people like Elvis or the Beatles or anything. Even Elvis (laughs) concerts, like, most of them sat down. I think probably the Beatles is when when they started getting crazier at the concerts, probably. I'd say so, because you could watch, like, Elvis concerts, and the girls kind of just start screaming, but they're not really, like, trying to rush and Yeah, they're sitting at their tables. They're still proper. Yeah, like, when you hit... When you hit Beatles time, like, yeah, that's when it goes into, like, oh, we can yeah. be this crazy. Now, if Elvis is walking down the street or is in a shop or something, the girls are going to be running crazy around. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. But in the concert setting, it's, it's different. It's so, it's interesting. Hmm. It's very interesting. But, yeah, so Rudy <laughs> Valley was officially the very first heartthrob of this time. And further on to today and such and such. Um, Of course, one of the other most popular, most iconic singers of all time began as a crooner as well, Mr. Bing Crosby. And he actually became one of the very first multimedia stars. Because, you know, he just, he worked his butt off for music and concerts and films and radio shows and He's being Crosby. Bit of everything like he, he's being Crosby. Yeah, we still and listen to him today at Christmas time every of year. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course, and of course, he is one of the best-selling musicians of all time, and dominated the music industry during the 1930s. Other popular musicians, of course, as well, included Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Mildred Bailey. And there were a couple of females in there, like Mildred Bailey, um, but this genre was definitely mostly male-dominated. But yeah, Bing Crosby definitely topped it all. Mm -hmm. 
Our third and final music genre for the 1930s, which was one of the most popular then and still really affects a lot of us today, uh, is the film musicals. And when I say film musicals, I'm also thinking of like Hamilton. Now that is a, it is on Disney Plus and how everyone knows it. <laughs> everyone yeah. sings it because musicals are incredible. Oh, Hello. yeah. They're the best thing ever. <laughs> I love <laughs> musicals. Anyway, so film musicals, 1930s, massive. Um, so, of course, these films really added some happy distractions to everyone because they were dealing with the struggles of the Great Depression. Um, the difference with these is that they had big musical and dance numbers, and many Broadway stars moved to Hollywood for this reason. And the film musicals are what really started to open the door for glamorous Hollywood. The glitz and glamour of the dresses, the hairstyles, <laughs> the fashion, the ladies and the men, both so beautiful. Oh, yeah. No, we talked about that in our 30s fashion episode, mm-hmm. how, how absolutely glamorous Hollywood was at the time. It was gorgeous, honestly. Mm-hmm. I love 1930s Hollywood glamour. It's so underrated God, and... It's just so amazing. I wish we could go back then. 30s to 50s, no traffic. I don't, I don't care if you're working on set for 17 hours. You're still kind of doing that nowadays, too. But just, oh. even though they did have a studio system, I'm just, oh, I wish I can go back to that time. <laughs> but if you've been listening or you do know a little history of the Golden Age of Hollywood, you do know that the most popular actor actress duo of the 1930s <laughs> was Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Of yes. course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it comes to remind me when we first got into the coronavirus pandemic and they would show um, this commercial on TV that would show a little bit of, I think it might have been Swing Time or Shall We Dance? I get those movies confused all the time. But <laughs> It was in Italy where they um, put the Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers film on the side of a building so a lot of people could watch. And I'm like, that's kind of how they got people out of the Great Depression was seeing the Fred, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers films to make them feel better. So, like, maybe they could get us out of coronavirus and make us feel better, too. I mean, I for sure started watching a lot more Astaire and Rogers films during coronavirus and a whole bunch of classics, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, podcast yeah. was formed during uh, yes, it was COVID and quarantine because we started watching a heck of a lot more of these movies and realized that we could talk about them. Mm-hmm. We do it anyways. Why not? Yeah, a podcast? yeah, we talk about it all the time, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers definitely the top actors and actresses of the film musicals. Um, and of the 30s, and they took the decade by storm. Some of their popular films, of course, included Top Hat, Shall We Dance, um, but some other popular films of the time, of course, one of Megan's favorite, Wizard of Oz, iconic, uh, the film Showboat, and Alexander's Ragtime Band. Hmm. And concluding with some more popular singers and songwriters, I don't know about you, but I definitely know a ton of these people. (laughs) Uh, Fred Astaire, of course. Ginger Rogers, of course. Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, the Gershwin Brothers, 
Shirley Temple, Betty Grable, and so, so much more. Mm-hmm. That, that's when they, they started coming up, guys. 1930s. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go into 1930s dances. So dancing in clubs and ballrooms was another distraction from dealing with the Great Depression. Um, and like I said, with music, this era was known as the swing era and, inf- and was mostly influenced, as usual, by African-American culture. In this decade, the dances were fast-paced, with hints of simplicity and groovy moves. Groovy, okay. Groovy, I was like, that's like a 70s term, but okay. Very 70s, but okay. Okay. Held on to it for 40 years before we made it popular. (laughs) So, a couple different dance styles of the time uh, can kind of be broken up into a couple different categories. Um, swing dancing obviously being one of the big ones because Woo-hoo! you know it was a time of swing music. Uh, so we have the Lindy Hop, which was later uh, called the Hop, uh, just another name for it. Uh, was named after Charles Lindenberg. Uh, I couldn't really find out why exactly it was named after him. I got uh, you actually. Um, I was going to say, do you know how? <laughs> so the Lindy Hop was known as the granddaddy of swing, and it um, obviously influenced by Black culture, like a lot of our dances are. Um, but it was given the name after Shorty George Snowden, who was an enthusiast that showed up at a lot of like the ballrooms and clubs. Okay. And he came up with the name because a reporter asked him what kind of dancing they were doing. And at the time, Charles Lindbergh was flying across the Atlantic. So he just said Lindy Hop, and okay. it, it just that name stuck. Okay, yeah, no, I couldn't figure out. But it's that's weird. Apparently, what happened according to the internet. Okay then, uh, <laughs> uh, but actually, it was later renamed uh, to the Jitterbug um, because apparently Charles Lindenberg was accused of being a communist, uh, which, as we talked about in previous episodes that was almost like a blacklist sort of thing like pretty much yeah yeah like if you were accused of that (laughs) it was done (laughs) uh but the jitterbug was a little bit of a faster and jumpier version of the lindy hop uh i I shall agree with that (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) uh and one of the other ones uh for swing dancing um would probably be the jive uh, I love the jive. It's one of my favorite ballroom dances. Seems very underrated uh, mm-hmm. to me, at least. Like it's most people. It's not really most people's favorite. I think uh, it's actually a lot. It's, I think it's a Latin dance. Okay, I do have something on this. It is often grouped with Latin. Okay. Okay. Um, I know on Dancing with the Stars, we mentioned this before. We used to watch Dancing with the Stars a whole bunch of times, and that's how we have a lot of our ballroom Latin dance education. Yes, uh, they always match it with Latin. They so always that, group yeah. it with Latin, but it is actually based in swing dancing. Makes uh, that 100% make sense. I have other things on Latin dancing, uh, which we'll get into a little bit in a, in a bit. Uh, but the drive is not a Latin dance. It doesn't even seem like a Latin dance whenever you watch it. That makes so much sense, yeah. Like, it's actually a swing dance, but it's often grouped with Latin dances. That's so weird. Which is, I don't know why. <laughs> I, let's go, I let's couldn't... call up Derek Huff. And, Sarah, <laughs> can you explain this? Or Len Goodman. 
You're the pro, I, man. Explain this, please. I could not find any reason why it's grouped in Latin. Um, if somebody knows, please let us know because I'm really confused why it's often thought to be a Latin dance. Because as we'll see later on, it doesn't really fit with any of the Latin dances. Mm-hmm. So it does not. So another grouping uh, I would say that was super popular of the time was uh, a sort of like a basic like extensions of the foxtrot dances um which i'm not gonna lie whenever i do watch it on dancing with the stars um i don't love it the foxtrot i don't love the foxtrot i'm I not like gonna the lie foxtrot it's, more than it's the waltz nice but i think i would say i like it more than the waltz mm-hmm. um, viennese waltz i do like the classic waltz yeah meh. I don't know. I guess when I, the only thing I really like about the Foxtrot is whenever they do it on Dance with the Stars, they get very like old uh, 30s glamour. Yeah. And it just, you it have screams, to. <laughs> it screams 1930s glamour to me. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I had to say one good thing about it, I, I do like that aspect of it. The fashion. Um, <laughs> uh, but there are a ton of spinoffs, obviously, of the Foxtrot. Um, there's just the basic Foxtrot, which is the one you typically see on things like Dance with the Stars. Um, and then you have the, I don't know if I'm saying it right, the Colgate, 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 I don't know how do you say this. Colgate? <laughs> Colgate toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, that kind of Foxtrot, uh, which actually is a predecessor to the uh, Western Two-Step. Which is interesting to me, but uh, <laughs> uh, and then you have the Charleston Foxtrot, which later became the Shag and the Quick Step. Um, so I like, love, I do love the Quick Step. I do. Uh, That's and fun to that do. It's based on the Foxtrot. I guess that makes it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. In my, uh, my definitely the, the partnering and the form when you're in yes, in, in the hold. Absolutely, it's crazy how they do all that. Like they stay so stiff on top, but then like their feet are just going absolutely mm-hmm. freaking insane. <laughs> I mean, that's just like ballet, too. You hold everything on top and you smile at the same time. That's very true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but for my last grouping, at least, a uh, uh, really big thing as well was Latin rhythms started to make their way into music. Um, so that obviously inspired <laughs> You guys can't see it, but Christina's like dancing in the rain. Um, so when do I not dance? Let's be honest. Very true. Um, so that obviously brought in Latin dances. Um, so a couple Latin dances that started to become uh, bigger here in, at least here in America. Uh, conga lines uh, started to become a thing, um, which you heard us talking about in our Desi Arnaz birthday episode. <laughs> of course. The funny thing is, in America, it probably started in the 30s, but in Cuba and the Latin American countries, they've had it for oh, yeah. ever. It, these, <laughs> these dances, at least like here, they've been going on mm-hmm. in other countries. Just here mm-hmm. in America, this is around the time that they started to gain uh, popularity because People were immigrating from those places because of different uh, reasons, and they brought over their dances with them. So, like I said, conga lines started to become a thing. Uh, the rumba was another big one. 
uh, which is almost like a spinoff of The Waltz, but with a bit of a rhythm change. So, yeah. Yeah, so you would add the quicker versions. um, It's almost like a quick version of a waltz with, yeah, a bit of sexy dancing turned in. (laughs) Yeah. That's the important thing, guys. The Roomba has sexual movement. It is supposed to be romantic sexy. That's what it is. That is what it is. Yes, for sure. Very suave. Uh, (laughs) Suave. (laughs) Um, And then another big one uh, was the Samba. Uh, Carmen Miranda was actually the first to Samba on the big screen. Oh, that's an interesting fact. I didn't know. I'm not surprised, but um, yeah. I wasn't either when I read it, but I was like, oh, yeah, I got to mention this. (laughs) Samba is definitely, you can tell it's a Samba because of how fast paced it is. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that the samba was later brought on into other big musical numbers or influenced uh, big musical numbers later on throughout the decades. And I have just a couple more dances to add. So we also have the Balboa during the 1930s. Um, funny enough, it originated in Balboa Island, California, which we don't live too far away from. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, who knew? I had no idea when I read that. I was like, wow, California? Cool. Um, it is known for its smooth, tight footwork because clubs would be so crowded that they didn't have any room to swing around. So they just danced tightly together. <laughs> um, and it is ideal for fast music and became famous for being the dance of Popeye the Sailor Man. Okay. So there's that. That's different. I've there's never- a fact for you. I remember when I saw uh, all the dances, I remember I read it, and I was like, my mind with that name goes to place. <laughs> so when I hear it, I'm like, dude, like, I thought it was weird, because I was like, there's no, why would it be named this? Mm-hmm. Like, what what caused the name? So it's interesting that that came from the island that we literally, like, I've gone to Balboa Beach, like, a couple yeah. different times. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. How cool would it be if they still had a club there that has been there since the 30s? That would be so cool. I doubt they would, but if they did, oh, we got to go. I know. That would be so cool. I wish they, I wish that was like something that happened, but. I would love that. Um, Another one that Megan kind of briefly mentioned as well was the Carolina Shag. Now, -hmm. this one originated in North Myrtle Beach, Carolinas, and became the official dance of the Carolinas. Do you get it? Because the Carolina shag. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And, of course, it was originated on the beach. So it was danced to beach music and also in dance competitions. (laughs) Um, This one was known as the man's dance because they would actually be the one doing all the intricate footwork and the turns instead of the woman. Interesting. I... Yeah, no, I've never heard of that. <laughs> right? Right? So the one, does the woman just hold him? <laughs> just stand there and we're like, dance right? for me, man. I was like, how does that work? Now I need to go look up, like, how this is danced. Because mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Dance to beach music. So much fun. <laughs> and then our final dance is the Big Apple. Originated in South Carolina and began in the black community again. Um, it was performed in a group circle, giving each couple a chance to shine. 
And it involves styles such as jazz, swing, and square dancing. All right, folks, that is the completion of our 1930s music and dance episode. <laughs> Finally. I know. <laughs> like over see, a month later. As you can see by the length of it, uh, there wasn't too many changes, uh, but we yeah. still wanted to get it out to you guys. Um, any Education. Did, yeah. Learn a little bit about 1930s music and dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it pretty much is just an evolution of what happened in the 20s and the 30s is going to, or the 40s will be an evolution of the 30s and so on and so on. Yeah, that's a future day. Years and years and years to come for fashion, dancing, music of all time. <laughs> exactly. So we are actually very excited for our next episode. It's going to oh, be sure. slightly different. <laughs> um, our next episode is going to be on overrated classic Hollywood films. Film. Yes, so. we've had this discussion ever since our last episode filming. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, this uh, is a probably, great idea. You probably and, heard yes. us mention in that last episode. Uh, so we are going to, we're going to break it down. I'm yes. excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. So we're going to kind of, we're going to try to keep it a little short on each film, but there's going to be some that might get a little bit heated and it's going to be very fun. <laughs> we'll agree, disagree, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but we're probably going to do uh, one episode on overrated and then another episode on underrated because mm-hmm. I very much think there are some very good underrated classics. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we will do our research on that as well. Oh, for sure. That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be, be very fun. interesting. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you and stay tuned. Thank you, guys.